0: you guys this morning? Doing good? Oh, that was convincing. How are you guys this morning? <laughs> that still was sad. I hate that. This is the first service, so maybe we just need to stand up on our feet one more time. I know you're ready this morning. You're up and at them and ready to go. Go ahead and just look at your neighbor and tell them, I'm ready for this. All right, how are you guys doing this morning? Doing good. Doing good. You may be seated. Thank you so much. I want you, if you have your Bibles with you, to turn with me this morning to Matthew uh, uh, chapter 14 and verse 22. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22. We're going to just begin to read today. You've probably heard this story when I told my daughter what I was preaching on this morning. She said, oh, I know that story by heart. I said, well, why don't you come up and share it with the people? She said, no, thank you. She wanted nothing to do with that. So uh, I guess I'll have to read it straight out of the Bible today instead of the seven-year-old version. But Matthew 14 and verse 22 on the sea. I am telling you if there is one skill that I wish, one superpower that I wish that I had these last uh, few months and this last year, it would be that I could just take off whenever I want and just walk on the water or, or the wind or whatever and get there. Jesus had an, an unbelievable And he just said, go on out there, I'll meet you when I get good and ready. I'm going to talk to God for a while. And so he walked on the sea, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost, and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. Everyone say that with me this morning, do not afraid be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, "Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water." So he said, "Come." And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus, but when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out saying, "Lord, save me." And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and he caught him and said to him, "O oh, ye of little faith, why did you doubt and when they got into the boat the wind ceased then those who were in the boat came and worshiped him saying truly you are the son of god how many of you have ever felt like the wind was boisterous in your life you know sometimes you're just in the mix in the thick of it and it feels boisterous to say the least and fear overwhelms us in these times and takes over but where fear is you can't have faith and so Jesus looks at him and he says fear not come on to the water and he gets out there and he does pretty good honestly probably better than I would do I come I would come out on that water already afraid of what was about to happen but he stepped in and then all of a sudden he looked down and he got focused on the problem and it made it impossible for him to walk in faith and he began to drown. And then Jesus immediately reached out, he rescued him and then he said, oh you of little faith, why did you doubt me? What about our relationship has caused you to think that I am not going to take care of the smallest things in your life? And why in the world would you think that I'm going to call you out on the water to watch you drown and laugh at you while you go? How many of you have ever felt like you were going down in this life? And Jesus is looking at you saying, why are you fearing? When have I ever shown you in our relationship That it's fun for me to watch you sink and laugh while you go. Jesus is asking you today, oh, uh, ye of little faith, why are you doubting me? Do you know God cares about you more than you care about yourself? I know that's a hard concept to grasp, but it is absolutely the truth of God's word. God cares about us more than we care about ourselves. He cares about what happens to our family more than we care What happens to our family? God cares about your job situation more than you care about your job situation. God is concerned about you and your well-being. I wish above all things, says God, that you might prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. God is concerned about every area of your life. And so he looks at his disciple and he says, why would you doubt one second of one moment that I'm coming to help you that if for some reason the water gave out underneath you that I wouldn't lift you up and allow you to walk to me all the way with strength I am your God I am here to love you to help you to build you I'm not here to watch you sink and and laugh at you while you go faith is the biggest part of what we do as believers trusting in a God. That's why they call us people of faith. As long as you're focused on the fear, it's impossible to be engaged in faith and to walk with God in that faith. And so today I want to talk with you about this subject. I think it's really important that we look at it from um, a standpoint that is practical on some level, because I don't know about you, but there are some things in this life that are worth being afraid of. Children have should have a natural fear that keeps them from jumping off of cliffs. It is our responsibility as parents, right, to go and to keep them away from the cliff. There are, uh, f- for instance, fire. We're in a season where we have bonfires and things like that. You've got to teach them that fire burns. So there is an apprehension or something that keeps us naturally from doing certain things because God is trying to keep our bodies safe. But we're talking about rational fear versus irrational fear and how many of you would agree that most of our fears are completely irrational most of the things that bind us and keep us from progressing to the next level in life are absolutely irrational fear that is straight from hell itself that it is consuming and and keeping us in the place that we are so that we cannot progress to the next level. I'll use this illustration. Maybe it'll help you to understand this concept. Uh, Brian and I were newly married and we were finishing up our college degrees, both of us. We both needed an internship and so we went down to a camp in Texas, and we volunteered for the summer, and that was how we received our internship cre- uh, credits for college. And uh, we had a little uh, cabin that we that we were in. It was a camp that was rough. It was camp. I mean, it wasn't like today. These kids going to conference wearing jeans and stuff. We, I mean, they, they're like in the air conditioning. There was no air conditioning whenever we went to camp when we were kids. You were outside. You were doing your thing. Uh, so. Here we are at this kids' camp, and we're cleaning up after kids. I think I got carpal tunnel syndrome from dipping so much ice cream for these kids. And we were working in the in the fryer room of the kitchen, and then we got to clean up after all the kids left. We got to do all of the cleaning of the bathrooms and the in the bunk rooms that they stayed in. It was a glorious time in our life. And uh, so one night we were headed into a service. This is also a service that happened whenever I was a kid. Now kids have hour long services. When I was growing up, real Christians went to church for three hours. So I'm just telling you, we were in it to win it when we went to church. And uh, I remember I was bringing some backup stuff whenever I was a kid. I'll never forget the day my mom told me that I had to stop laying down under the pew and I had to sit up and pay attention for three hours. I was about seven or eight years old and she was like, it's time. It It was a hard one for me. But in this moment, we were going to this camp, and I was an adult, and I was supposed to act like an adult for all three hours. So I went into this camp uh, service, and I'm on my way in. I have a blue jean jacket on because they did have air conditioning in the services, and they cranked it all the way up. So I put this blue jean jacket on so I wouldn't freeze, and I walk to the service and on our way I said Brian I feel something on my neck can you look and see if there's a bug or something and of course in true Brian fashion he looks at me and he says you're fine I'm like no no I'm not fine I feel something on my he's like yeah yeah I, this is Brian you break your fingers. he's like put a little tape on it you're fine so I'm like no I'm telling you there is something on my neck he's like Jesse quit being dramatic So I hushed and went on into the service and acted like nothing was bothering me. And it did go away. I didn't feel anything anymore during the service. And then we got out of the service three hours later and we went back to our cabin, at which point I went into a different room. And Brian heard me scream because I was sitting down and I felt something move on my neck. When that happened, I grabbed it, and it was like I had grabbed a small kitten, only it was a tarantula. And I threw that spider off of my neck and proceeded to strip everything that I could away from my body and scream and jump up on the furniture, at which point Brian runs in, my hero, I'm thinking he's gonna save my life. He looks at the spider and he runs the other direction and leaves me in the room while he screams like a girl in the other room. Finally, it got quiet. I said, Brian? He said, yes? I said, he goes, I'm gonna have to come back, aren't I? I said, yeah, you are gonna have to come back. And he came and he saved my life and he crushed it like the small kitten it was. That, my friends, is not an irrational fear. But I will tell you that if I wouldn't for the rest of my life wear a blue jean jacket for fear that a tarantula would get in it, that's another story. See, blue jean jackets aren't the problem. Tarantulas are the problem. And if you're in South Texas, they're a big problem. But a blue jean jacket is not the problem. And a lot of us walk around not wearing blue jean jackets ever again for the rest of our life because we had an experience once that has taught us that blue jean jackets cannot be trusted. And God's looking at us saying, what about my relationship with you, my child? has convinced you that I will not protect you, that I will not provide for you, that I will not walk with you, that I will not lift you in the time that you need me most. I tell you why, because fear tolerated is faith contaminated. So every time that we take faith and we put it into our fear and we let it into our life and it becomes all-consuming and we allow it to run its course and we speak about it and we talk about it and we share it with our friends and we tell people why we're afraid, why we're afraid, why we're afraid, God is looking down at us saying, if you'll just grab my hand, I am right here in the midst of this storm and I will lift you. I will lift you, says God. You know, in 2 Timothy, the Bible tells us in Chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given you what? A spirit spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Do you know you can confess this over yourself every day? I have not been given a spirit of fear, that spirit that tries to bring fear to paralyze me, that spirit that tries to bring fear to keep me held back, that spirit that tries to make me so self-conscious about who I am, what I am, and what I'm doing, that it keeps me from reaching out to others. That spirit that looks to invade every single one of our households must be Kept at bay through the spirit of faith. See, the only thing that keeps fear back is the word of God being infused into the situation because it's by hearing that word that faith grows in our heart. In every single life of every single person, I feel like the devil is just on it every single time from the time a child is very little trying to bring fear where there should be faith where we're sowing faith the devil is constantly trying to bring a spirit of fear into our house why because he knows that fear cancels out faith that it it takes it away that it invades its space that they live in the same segment of space in your life and if you accept one the other one can't dwell there So when children are small, we begin to put faith on in the inside of them. We don't allow that fear to grow and to, to, to be all consuming in them. We don't allow the spirit of fear as Christian believers to invade our home. We don't just give ourselves over to, we're just anxious people. We're just fearful people. It's just what we are. And we see that so much in our culture right now that it's become common and it's become accepted. But that is not who God has called us to be. He's called us to be people of faith. Faith. So no matter what we see with our eye, we speak faith into that situation. We infuse it with the word of God. We do whatever we have to do to keep fear away and faith close. Do you know when you're a kid, what is the first thing that starts happening? You get afraid of the dark. You get afraid of that monster in the closet. You get afraid of the things around you and you start doing it. Then we start feeding it with little fearful books and fearful movies and fearful things. And in our culture, we think it's just fun. And I'm not saying that anything that brings any kind of startling to someone is wrong. I mean, if you have a child that is dealing with fear and anxiety and, uh, and all of those things, I wanna encourage you today, if you're the one dealing with fear and anxiety and all those things, I want to encourage you to cleanse your environment of all fear. It's a a move that Christians don't ever take. It's a move. It requires working on it. It requires turning that channel off when that thing comes on. When you sense the spirit of fear trying to come in and creep into your household, the first thing that as believers we do is turn that thing off. Shut that book. Say, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to accept that into our life. Why is it so important, Jesse? Because where fear is tolerated, faith is contaminated. And I'm telling you today that if you will embrace faith with as much energy as people embrace fear, we would have a totally different situation on our hands. We would have the spirit of faith working in our house. We have a saying for our kids. We use it for us too. I hope you'll take it and use it in your house. Some of you already have. But we say in our house and at this church and in our kids' ministry No fear here. Everybody say it with me. No fear here. You say, why is that so important, Jesse? Because it teaches us that we have the power to speak out against the spirit of fear and push it back from our life. No fear here. When my children come to me and they're anxious or they're afraid, I look back at them and I, I don't just say, honey, you're okay, you're safe. I do say those things because that's what good parents do. They comfort and they help, but I also teach them something that is vitally important and I want to teach it to you today, that you have the power to fight back in faith. You have a sword in your hand that only you can use. I wish that I could use the sword of the Spirit for my kids, but they're 7, 9, and 13 now, and they're required to use their own sword, but guess what? I can come along and be helpful to them. I will pick their sword up for them, put it in their hand, and then tell them how they can use it, because I'm their mama, and I'm not raising a bunch of people that get whipped by the devil. We're going to whip the devil every chance we get. We come with our sword in hand, which is the word of God, and then we begin to use it against the evil ones. So I tell them, and I I don't just say it over them, I have them say it back to me. So I want you to say it with me today. Say, I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Some of you are like, that feels so weird to say that. I'm telling you, you need to say it until it doesn't feel strange anymore because you have not been given a spirit of fear but of power, love, and of a sound mind. I want you to try this one with me. Say, I am anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, I make my request known before God. See that's how we use the sword of the spirit. We speak into that thing. When fear comes, we speak back at that thing and say, "No, there's no fear here." That's a confession of our faith. We have a missionary family that's precious to us here, and they they have took two of their children over to Thailand, and now they've had two more while they've been on the field. And they sent us a testimony one day. We've used this story so many times because it's just precious. But they had a broken down bridge. How many of you say natural fear? Don't get on the broken bridge right so here he goes and they have to take this bridge to get wherever they are going sometimes even natural fears are required of us to overcome so that we can get through life and if you're on the mission field a little broken bridge is the least of your worries so these missionary family they had the kids behind them and they were saying come on we're going to go over this bridge and and they they were going over and he said no fear here no fear here no fear here And then he turned and he screamed, fear here, fear here, and he took off the opposite direction. And I know as adults, some of us have had that experience in life where we're like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm not going to be afraid of what is standing in front of me. I'm not going to be afraid of the next step, even though I just had to give up a job that I really loved and I'm having to move forward. I know God is going to be with me. I'm not going to be afraid as we sell a house and go into the next one, but we have no idea what the in-between looks like. I'm not I'm not going to be afraid as my children switch schools. I'm not going to let anxiety and fear take me over. In fact, I'm going to say to that thing, no fear here for greater is he that lives in me than he that is in the world. I'm going to take over that thing with my faith. I'm going to take it over with my faith. I'm going to replace where fear dwells with faith spoken and lived in its spot. See, we're believers. We can live different than the world. I want to encourage you today that fear is a liar every single time. If the devil is speaking to you and telling you that you're going to be consumed, that your family is going to be sick, that you are going, some of you are dealing with a constant torment of believing that you are going to be, to be killed through sickness and it is tormenting your mind every single day. And I'm here to tell you that fear is a liar and God is true. Every single thing that the enemy is telling you, he's telling you because he is afraid of you getting to the other side of your faith miracle. Every single time that the devil comes to you and he says you're going to be consumed, you're going to be taken out, and you come back at him with faith in what God has already promised, this isn't faith in anything. You know, I can tell you right now that if I'm afraid of being short and I believe that I receive that I'm six foot tall, it's still not happening. Why? Because God has never promised Jesse a six-foot-tall life as much as I try to achieve it with the heels on my feet. God didn't promise me a six-foot-tall life. He promised me a faith-filled, God-filled life. There are a lot of promises in this scripture that we can confess, that we can believe, that we can attach our faith to. People get outside of that and then they begin to blame God for what didn't happen for them. But there are words of truth in here that we have to attach that faith life to. It isn't whether or not I'm six foot tall, but I can confess that I'm healthy and strong and I'm cooperating with God and that I am bent to love the things of God. That I am bent, I I can confess over myself, I am willing to be made willing even in the areas that I'm not willing. Do you know you can confess things over yourself even when they're not inside of you, even when you don't want them? My kids tell me they, that they don't like certain things. I say, it's okay, just go ahead and act like you do. Why? Because sometimes just going into the actions of God, just doing what God has told us to do and speaking the things that he has promised us will launch faith enough in our heart to grow into the next section of our life. How many of you could use a little more faith in an area of your life right now, right where you sit, right where God's doing something in you, where each each and every one of us have that moment? Fear is irrational. Fear is a liar. And fear tolerated is faith contaminated. I want you to write those things down today. Fear of missing out. That's a new one. One that hasn't been spoken about that often, a little FOMO going on in your life. How many of you have ever had it? Have you ever had a little fear of missing out when you're looking at social media and someone else is doing something? You ever had a fear of missing out while you're home raising your kids thinking that life is passing you by because you're mothering well? I want to encourage you today that if you are in a season of life where it looks like a lot of people are running past you while you're just doing what God has asked you to do, what he's asked you to be obedient in, that you need to take control of that thought by the word of God. You need to speak to it and tell it that it's not allowed to stay in your life. Listen, people do crazy things when they think certain things are happening. Everything out there is not reality. It just looks like reality. How many of you have ever taken a picture for social media and cleaned up the area that you were about to shoot it in and acted like the whole house looked like that? Don't lie. This is God's house right here. How many of you have ever highlighted, I won't make you lift your hand, highlighted a portion of your marriage that's great while a lot of it is in trouble? How many of you have ever spoken something or did something out on social media that looked completely perfect while you felt like you were falling apart on the inside? You see, a lot of our image of what goes on in the world affects our mentality. It affects our brain. It affects our happy hormones. It affects all of these things and the next thing we know the enemy is whispering in our ear things that bring fear and anxiety and pressure and the things that are contrary to the faith that God has allowed us to live in and I believe one of the things that most that is most difficult in our nation right now is the exposure to everyone's perfect world while we all live in normal ones while that takes place all of our young people are growing up with this immense pressure that that's what the world is supposed to look like and yet all the time knowing that this is what their world looks like and then they become afraid of what their future holds I want you to know today that you don't have to be afraid of what your future holds because God has got you in his hand Today, we're gonna obey what God has asked us to do, and tomorrow we're gonna live in the harvest of that obedience. Today, we obey. We just say it like this every day we obey. Every single day we obey. Tomorrow, the harvest will prove our obedience of yesterday, but today we obey. Well, Jesse, I should have started 10 years ago. I'm 10 years behind. Guess what? Today, you should obey. Obedience is what we do to show God that our faith is in action. It's not because we're perfect or we have anything together. It's because God is perfect and he has provided a way for us to live. Today we obey because our God is worthy of us surrendering to him and to his plan. Fear makes us doubt the goodness of God. It makes us doubt the promises of God. And it really makes us doubt who we are in our God. If you have any fear about who you are in God, any fear about the goodness of God, any misunderstanding about the promises of God, it's usually come through the avenue of fear. Fear. And today we have to take out our sword and fight. Today we have to lift up the shield of faith, which is our protection. And we just stand against the enemy and every voice. And I don't know what season of life you're in. Maybe you're in the season of life with little kids and you're teaching them to walk by faith and not be consumed by fear. Maybe you're in a season in your marriage that you need faith to grow and you need fear to drop by the wayside. Maybe you're in the middle of a career shift. Maybe you're an empty nester and you have no idea what you're doing right now because there's been so much noise in your life and it just got really quiet. Maybe you're in a season of sickness and disease and you're fighting the good fight of faith and coming up and out of that. Maybe you've had death and destruction in your family lineage and it's consumed your entire family and you've decided and you've made up your mind today, I'm not going to give in to the fear of that. We're not going to live in fear that something might happen to us again. We're going to live in faith that God has our life under control. You know, we live in a fallen world and things happen, but our God is still good and we are still serving him. That means that we can walk in faith while others walk in fear. You don't have to be afraid of those things. Biggest fears in the world. Fear of death. Fear of public speaking. I can't imagine that. This is the best thing that ever happened to me. It's like one of the, one of the number one things. I was asking my kids this morning, spiders. How many of you have a thing for spiders? Anybody in the room? you got to speak against it, I know. But you've been struggling with it. Snakes, Things that don't even want to get to us that we're still afraid of, trying to get away from. Having dreams about, letting fear bring nightmares and, and terrors in the night and keeping us up. Listen, you would not even believe. I know you think you're the only one, but I'm telling you that 90% of the crowd today is dealing with fear and anxiety. Why? Because the enemy of our soul does not wish that we would prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. But he's not our God. He's a whisper. He's a voice. He's the, he's the one that's prowling around seeking whom he may devour. But you are stronger than him because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I want you to stand up on your feet today. We're gonna speak. I'm gonna speak one scripture passage over you before you leave today, and then we're going to give a big no fear here. If you'll stay with me for one minute, that would be wonderful. Thank you. If you just stay seated. Psalm 27, it says this, and I want you to grab hold of it today. Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they stumbled and they fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart it shall not fear. The war will rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord and that will I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. One of the greatest antidotes to fear and builders of faith is dwelling in the house of the Lord all the days of your life. Anytime you're tempted to think that church isn't important, I want you to come in here in faith, believing that you receive exactly what it is that God has for you in this place. Some of you, this morning, this message, it was a miracle moment for you. You need fear broken off of your life right now. I want you to lift a hand to heaven. Don't be afraid to lift one hand to heaven, maybe two. I'd get both of them up if I were you. That's just me. I'm gonna pray for you today, and we're gonna break the spirit of fear over you, and then we're gonna begin to participate in the activity of building faith in where fear used to be. Are you ready? Let's tell it to go. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I speak to fear. I command it to leave their life. I command it to leave their household. I say that it will not affect their children. It will not affect their grandchildren. I curse it in the name of Jesus. I say that it has no place to stay in their life. And right now as they submit themselves to this prayer, in this moment I say that fear is leaving them broken off of them a spirit of fear gone and a spirit of faith is rising Lord that they would be known as men and women of faith and not men and women of fear we curse anxiety we curse anxiousness we curse all of that that tries to get them worked up and take over their life in their daily process and I say that they dwell in peace that they sleep the sleep of God And that fear is far from them today. In Jesus' name. Now I want you to say it over yourself today. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. I submit myself to God. I resist the devil and he must flee from me. Fear, you have no place here. Faith, rise up in me. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, amen.